Well, today was Tuesday, April 9th, 2019, and uh, they had the Jewish elections today, which is pretty significant considering that they've, the, the Jewish, uh, Messiah was supposed to be revealed around this time. And interestingly enough, Barack Obama gave a speech on April 6th, which was Saturday, uh, Berlin. And he touched on a wide range of topics. Very clever speaker, you know. And uh, if you're in like the watchman circle, the watchwoman circle. If you really, really are someone who pays attention to the details and patiently waiting for the return of Christ, there's a lot of significance in uh, those two events right there. Barack Obama's speech on Saturday and the Jewish elections today. And I'm sure if you do the research, uh, you'll find out a lot more about that. But I guess I'm going to just be selfish today and talk about the movie that I auditioned for a while back um, uh, Emilio Estevez was the director of it and I actually got the audition for Emilio Estevez and even though I've been acting for about nine years now and, uh, you know, been on a lot of auditions in that time. Um, that was like the most memorable for me because I actually got a call back. <laughs> and usually like, you know, I'm, I'm like a background extra. I was a background extra in the movie SWAT 2. Like a min, uh, hour and seven minutes into it, I was at the... Um, the murder scene and uh, that was like my first taste of like really wanting to get in the movies and start doing that and you know I was just thinking today man I, I did a lot of great things it's like I was around a lot of great people who did great things you know like early on you know uh, rubbing elbows with Busy Bone from Bone Thugs of Harmony I know for the millennials that's like they don't even know what I'm talking about. Just people who never listen to that type of music don't know what I'm talking about. But um, a lot of interesting things going on in our skies right now as well. Because I'm looking at some really trippy thing. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's the moon or what. But something crazy in the sky right now. But uh, it's like 1139. About 20 minutes to midnight. I'm on the west side of Columbus hilltop where I reside the hood, hood you know but yeah I mean rubbing rubbing elbows with a busy bone you know in the early 2000s um, he had Grammy Award winning artist well his group Bone Thugs and Harmony was Grammy Award winning group they had a hit single Crossroads and you know they 
they uh, work with a lot of greats in the music industry like Tupac Shakur and Notorious B.I.G., Mariah Carey, you know, DMX, just, you know, a lot of people. And um, even now, like, to be training in Matt Brown's gym is an honor. You know, it was an honor to work with Busy Bone. It's an honor to to be training in uh, Matt Brown's gym. You know, Matt the Immortal Brown uh, from the UFC. You can check out his last fight. He had a victory over Diego Sanchez. Diego the Nightmare Sanchez, who's a beast. And, uh... And, uh, yeah, so, uh, when I got that call back for the public and I was reading for Emilio, like, I nailed the first audition, you know, like, just, like, memorizing it and just, I nailed it to where I got the call back. And then in the call back, I didn't expect Emilio Estevez to be in there. So it was like, I kind of got starstruck a little bit. And I usually don't because I've been around celebrities, you know, I've been around celebrities a lot, so. Not like a lot, lot, but, you know, enough for someone in the Midwest, you know, Columbus, Ohio. And even though I was born in Miami, Florida, I was raised here. And so, yeah, man, just, you know, kind of do the movie thing every now and then. Like, go watch the movies. My alone time. Actually, I... Excuse me. Excuse me, excuse me. I have a lot of alone time now. You know, I've been alone for a grip now, but uh, I live that lonely, lonely lifestyle. But uh, it's cool. Because uh, it's like I was telling my homie, DJ Mixmaster Pep. And actually, he did some great things, too, because he helped bring out Top Authority back in the day. You know, he's like, he's in his, I think he's 50 now. He's in his 50s. He's like 10 years older than me. And he still looked like a young dude, though. You know, he still looked, to me, he still looked like he in his 30s, you know. But, um, you know, even working with him, that was like a big thing for me, you know. So I got to um, learn uh, that software, Cool Edit Pro, which Adobe Edition later bought him out, which, uh, is actually pretty sad because Adobe Edition is ripping off people. They, everybody switched over to the subscription-based things, uh, which is fine. Go back to Logic and uh, Reaper or whatever. But um, I don't know, man. I was just a, a lot deep self-reflection, you know, because uh, I always feel like I fall short in life, you know. Like I just missed the mark. And when you look up the definition of sin, that's what it means. It means missing the mark, you know? So, I don't know. I just got a lot on my mind right now. I was talking to Jesus. Like, man, I haven't I haven't succeeded in anything, but I was always just so close. Always so close. You know what I mean? I was that close when I was working with Busy Bone. You know what I mean? Because I'm a loyal guy. And I don't mind starting at the bottom and working my way up. I never had that problem because I'm passionate and I do succeed in what I put my mind to. You know, I've been blessed to be able to do that much, you know, in life. But like I was telling Pep, like, you know, because he got family and stuff and, 
You know, it's it's cool when you got family. It's cool when you got someone to call and ask, like, can I borrow a thousand dollars? Like he was telling me he was uh, trying to get like a, a G ball, get like a band from one of his family members. And they got they all got money, you know, but just because they got money doesn't mean that they're uh, generous with it. You know, so we was having a discussion about that and he was a little bummed out because Pep has always been very generous. You know what I'm saying? As long as I've known Pep, he's been very generous. Um, when I was younger, I remember just hanging out with him, you know, like trying to learn how he was working the software to start recording songs. I was paying attention, you know, and taking notes and, and studying. And then I was able to start doing it for myself. You know what I mean? And um, I remember he was trying to, uh, little Hollywood from me mug came over and uh, he was trying to talk to him about, um, you know, having me work with him. You know what I'm saying? And he turned, he said no, because he knew that I was spiritual, like I made spiritual music. And even though I was a Christian, I wasn't like like a hardcore Christian at that time. Like now, I guess you could label me like a hardcore Christian because I'm really, really deep into it at this point. Because there's no more. This life that we're living is the realest movie. You know, we all our testimonies, our life stories is our movie. You know, we all have one. You know, we're all in this movie right now. You know what I mean? Not only do we got front row seats to what's about to happen here on Earth, but we are all actors, you know, living roles in this movie, you know. And when you die, you're out the movie and you're just waiting for judgment, you know. And uh, also, when you die, your prayers can't be heard by God no more. Like, your lifetime's over. It's a wrap. Now you're just waiting for judgment. That's why it's so important that while you're alive, that you're making... um very aware choices, you know, even with what you speak is, is so important, you know. And one thing in my life that I've always done is I always come humble. You know what I mean? Like when I was around Pep, I was humble and I see how people treat you. You know what I'm saying? We cool now, you know what I'm saying? But there was times where he did give me the cold shoulder, you know. He was doing these mixtapes. And I always wanted to get on his mixtapes and he always gave me the cold shoulder. And I'm like, can I just rap on one of them, please? And I'm like, you can still, because he would take acapellas and put them to different beats. And then he would sell it and people went crazy over that, you know. And I was just I always beg him, you know. He had phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, phase five, phase six, phase seven. Please, 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 can I get on it? And not, and, and not only was I asking to get on, on the mixtapes, but... I was going to his DJ shows and helping him, you know, with his records. And I was going selling CDs with him. We go out of town and I'm selling CDs with, with him. Like I did everything. I played every position to try to earn that spot. And just to, to just to know that after all that work I put in, he didn't do nothing. The most he did was he he wouldn't even let me come to the studio to record a drop. He said, just call his voicemail and record a drop on the voicemail and he'll put it on his uh, mixtape, which I don't even know if he ever did do that, but I did record for it. And the, f the funny thing about that is now he coming to my studio and I'm like, see Jesus, you know, my life, Jesus, you know, when I, I begged this man to be on his mixtapes, you know, and I, I like, 
I don't know, man. I just, I've been treated like this my whole life, you know, like now it don't even matter because I feel like I'm at the end of my life and it's like, Hey, whatever, you know, but you know, and I, I've, I've voiced this to him when he was locked up. I was doing a lot for him. Like I was reading all of his emails through the core links prison system, email system and doing favors for him on the outside and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, um, like even not too long, like he gambled for a living now. He played poker and he hit it big and he's like, yo, Illy, I'm gonna give you a couple hundred. He never came through with that. Never came through. He didn't give me no money. This is all recent. You know what I'm saying? It broke my heart, but I'm not going to ask twice, you know, but he said, oh, I got to go break off Steve Scott some money. I got to go break off vibe some money. And I remember how these people were treating him before he got locked up, how they used him. Both of them dudes used him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, vibe was trying to get all of his music equipment once he got locked up. You know what I mean? Steve was getting them to buy him bottles and stuff and help uh, using Pep when Pep didn't even drink or nothing. You know what I'm saying? And the pup was buy, buying Steve Scott bottles. Like, I remember all of these things, you know. And then I remember when I asked for something, I couldn't get it. And I just, I didn't understand because I was always there and I did all these things for him. You know, and I'm just saying this to you guys because I know there's other people that go through this in life. Like, you always do. You show up. You you give it your all. You break your back for people. And when it's time f for you to, to reap the reward, you never get it. This happened in my family. This happened with my father. You know what I'm saying? This happened with my sister. This happened with my little brothers. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I was just thinking, you know, I was watching this movie. The Public is such a beautiful movie. And um, sometimes you got to think, like, these people in Hollywood, and I'm not saying anything about Emilio Estevez or, you know, any of these Hollywood people, I don't know the deeper layers of what it is, but to a certain extent, we do know that a lot of these um, celebrities did sell their soul for that lifestyle. They did sell their soul for fame and money and um, that notoriety and that popularity. You know what I'm saying? To be to be to be put on a pedestal, to be idolized. You know what I mean? But. You have to look at the deeper layers, you know. That's why I said Groundhog Day is such a, a beautiful movie. It's got a lot of subliminal layers to it. it. It can all go back to God. God, you'll see truth in everything. And God is truth. So you'll never escape that. I apologize for my yawning. I'm sorry. I'm usually in bed earlier this time because I wake up to go uh, training and box. You know, and... uh and I felt kind of bad, too, because, like, I kind of confided in Matt Brown a little bit about, like, my divorce and my dad dying. And, you know, he's just like, yeah, <laughs> people, everybody in America are pussies. And he was telling me about when he was in Cuba and how he had to walk, like, five flights of stairs carrying five gallons of water just so he could take a bath and how he was eating rice off of a tree stump. And it was like. I, I know what he feel like. <laughs> I didn't have a refrigerator in my apartment for like six months, right? I still don't have a stove. I still don't got a dryer. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm still thugging it out. You know what I mean? I remember being on my own at the age of 15. I, I don't have, you know, I never met my mother, you know, and, you know, even though I knew my dad, he outcasted me my whole life. And not only did he outcast me, but 
by the way he treated me, my family follows suit. My brothers follow suit and they outcasted me. It, it's been a, it's been a pretty crummy life. You know what I'm saying? And, um, I'm not trying to play the victim role, but sometimes you really are just a victim. But you can't, at this day and age, you can't even say that you're a victim when you're really a victim. Because really, there are people who go through worse things, you know what I'm saying? But in America, you know, which is where my dad migrated to from Mexico, you know, he came here allegedly to, to, to have a better existence, to have a better life here, you know what I'm saying? And when he had us, you know, you would, I would think that, you know, we would be privy to that. But that's not really the way it works. It's all good, though. But yeah, back to that movie, you know, the public uh, that Emilio Estevez directed and starred in. And even when I auditioned for him, I didn't even know that he was going to be actually in the movie. But he was such a humble, down to earth guy. And when I was doing that audition, Emilio was like squeezing his fist, like rooting for me. He was really getting into, you know, my audition. And that meant so much to me, just knowing like, you know. He was on the big screens he, in Hollywood. He's a celebrity. He's wealthy. And, um, you know, he he's he was coming to Cincinnati, Ohio to shoot the movie. And I, I lost my role to Jacob Vargas, the guy who played Joker in Next Friday. This is a great actor. You know what I mean? So it's an honor to me that I, I lost that role to him because I knew I had the role. I wouldn't have got the call back if I didn't have it already. But I froze up when I was in front of Emilio, you know, but everything happens for a reason. So I'm not tripping. But um, I seen John Osbeck in it and I acted with John Osbeck and um, several things, you know, I've been active for nine years. And um, also seen uh, what was that guy's name? He was in uh, that Miles High movie with um, what's that guy's name? Uh, I forget the dude that acted Miles High. But he a famous actor too. And um Brian Wolfman Black, I think that's the dude's name. And I was in uh the John Gotti movie with him that John Travolta was uh starring in. But I don't think they used my part because my Jesus tattoo. You know what I mean? And if you watch the John Gotti movie with John Travolta and you're aware of occult symbolism and like the hand gestures and you know the things that uh these actors do, you know, then you'll, you'll notice that, uh, cult symbolism in that movie, you know, even if it's on a minor level, you know, so I had to admire Emilio Estevez in that movie, the public, because it was so subliminal. And it's like, how much can you get away with? Like how, how sneaky can you really be? Like you can't, it's, it's gotta be very difficult for a writer to really, Especially when, you know, you're trying to release a, a mainstream movie in, in, in movie theaters like that. Like, you can't even talk about it and confide to your wife or anybody in private about it because the demons are everywhere, you know, and the demons are going to go run and tell everything to Satan. The fallen angels, you know, that we don't see that are behind the veil. They, they, they run to everything, snitching like, oh, this, 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 this. Cause you got to think Satan's the accuser. So. Genius, genius, genius work uh, by Emilio Estevez. He was uh, played a very humble role in that movie. And um, you'll have to watch it. I don't want to give it away, but there's layers to it, you know, and then it, it unravels and you really see 
how great of a, a guy Emilio Estevez's character was in that movie. And my role was Ernesto Ramirez. So I know that, I know that scene. Like I know the scene when, uh, the scene that I read for was the part where, um, he was getting interrogated by the detective and, uh, the mayor for, uh, allegedly kicking out a homeless person because they had a foul odor. So, um, it was really kind of ironic though, in that, because in the end, um, Christian Slater, who played the mayor, which who was a prosecutor turned mayor or running for mayor, he, um, and it's God, it's such a deep movie. And the other mayor that was running for mayor was from the church. And he came in at the end to, to bring like, uh, food and clothing to the homeless people that was like the whole thing, like the homeless people were trying to stay into the, stay in the library because it was freezing outside. And there was, there was already reports of people dying because it was so cold outside. You know, you know how they give those reports. Like oh, it's so cold. Don't leave your pets outside more than five minutes. And so it was like one of those type of things, just a brilliant, brilliant movie. And honestly, like I was, I was, you know, I'm like, yo, that could have been me. <laughs> Right next to John Osbeck, next to Alec Baldwin, next to Christian Slater and Emilio Estevez, you know. But it just lets me know, like, I'm so close, but I have this potential. You know what I mean? I had that potential to where, you know, Busy Bone recognized it and he put me on, on a nationally a nationally released album, you know, Trials and Tribulations that came out in 2007. And, you know, just for other people, for other great people in their field to recognize the greatness in me and to give me a shot is just like a very humbling thing. And I'm so honored to have met Busy Bone from Bone Thugs of Harmony. You know what I mean? Uh, what a great, what a great guy he was. He really was, you know, and I only remember the good things. Like, of course, there's always going to be bad things in life because we're living under the curse, you know, but we can never judge anybody by that. You know what I'm saying? Like, the way I look at it this day, that's still my brother and I still love him. Everybody here, everybody on this earth, are they are all my brothers and sisters. And I I do pray. I Not only do I pray for everybody who's alive, I pray for everybody who's been dead for centuries. All the way back to when people were living to be 800, 900 years old. I pray for everybody that God gives everybody a chance to make it to heaven. And that when he goes through the judgment of their life, when, when they're on judgment day, when they're being judged by God, that, you know, God hears my prayer. Like, please, God, bef before you put them in hell, can you put them in a training program? Can you give them another shot? I, was, I don't care if it was the worst people ever. Now, it's different for the fallen angels that come into human form, you know, the fallen angels who take on physical form because they're demonic already. And that's between them and God. And I, I really don't, you know, I know God said that we will judge the angels, but, um, I don't know, man, you know, that's, that's beyond me at this point. You know, my whole thing is I'm trying to make sure I walk a honorable walk. That's, um, somewhat pleasing to God, you know what I mean? I know 
our righteousness is like dirty rags to him. But, you know, I hope I hope I get like, you know, a D minus for effort, you know, just as long as I don't get an F. Just as long as I can get a passing grade, a D minus, just if I can get a D minus for effort, you know, I'm good with that, you know, so. It just made me think a lot. By the way, I was in the movie Donnybrook. I don't even know if they used my my scene yet. I'm pretty sure that they had to because I was in a pretty important scene. And um, that came out in February. I can't believe I missed it. It came out two months ago. What am I doing? And I go to the movies every month. Like, what was I doing in February to not go, to not see that movie and not catch it and not know that it was out, you know? Because I pretty much go check out whatever new movies is like every Tuesday I'm looking at the movie thing like what new movies is out what new movies is out a lot of times I just go and look at it from um you know an analytical perspective because I'm awoke so I see everything that's going on and you can be awoke too you just got to go to vigilantcitizen.com and do your research because vigilantcitizen.com is what woke me up to where I could start interpreting occult symbolism and understanding how the Satanists communicate with each other. Because there's a complete unknown language that these Satanists use, these pedophiles use, these cannibals use, these elites use that, that run society, uh, the mayors. Like in this movie, the public, you'll see how the news. And the mayor and the police are all part of the satanic elite. And I seen it firsthand here in Columbus multiple times. But what type of particular? I seen the news lady lying. She was like, they, they, they go off of what the police say. The police go off of what the chief of police say. And who does the chief of police is best friends with? The mayor. So I already broke that all, all the way down out here in Columbus, Ohio, when it was Mayor Michael Coleman uh, dealing with uh, Chief Blackwell of the Columbus Police Department because Sean Stevenson, who I believe is, I don't even want to say the word and put him out there like that because I love all my brothers and sisters. But if we just want to state the facts, he was he was tight with the mayor and he was tight with the chief of police. So I'm not saying he was an informant. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that, you know, uh, he was friends with those people. You know what I mean? And, and he was doing things like the end of violence. But I was trying to tell him, like, Sean, you know, because Sean wanted to do good things, but he didn't know the deeper layers to it. You know what I'm saying? And if he did, he he was a good actor and acting like he didn't know. But he got to meet Obama and he was really happy about that. You know, the black community is so proud of Barack Obama. But when you do the research on Barack Obama, everything is pointing towards him being the Antichrist. You know what I'm saying? So when Sean was doing this uh, in the violence campaign here in Columbus, he brought Freeway Ricky Ross, the drug kingpin out here, who Sean told me. Was in the penitentiary, they looked at Freeway Ricky Ross as a snitch or an informant because he turned state's evidence against the CIA who was giving him the dope. And the government tried to quiet it because they don't want you to know that 
like all these big dope boys that you see out here in Columbus, Ohio, or whatever city you're in, state you're in, they're getting this from the government. You know, when I said the CIA works for Satan, that's a fact. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a crazy statement. Most of the world is crazy because they're programmed and people like myself are awake. But when you're so programmed and you're so so stuck inside the matrix, you'll never see it that way. You will always point at me like I'm crazy or people like me like we're crazy. You know, and like I said, I, I get that from my family. I get that from close friends. People brush it off. But in the end, when I'm standing next to Jesus and everything is reversed, you know what I'm saying? And when I got my crown and when I'm standing in glory next to the father and the son for eternity. And you see that I still love you and I still don't judge you. But you will know my position. You will know my authority at that point. You know what I'm saying? So it's cool. It's cool. I, I take the hits and keep moving because that's what I was built for. You know what I'm saying? I'm a soldier for Christ, you know, until they put my my head on the guillotine block and, and decapitate me. You know what I'm saying? I'll ditch the line for you guys. You know what I'm saying? When you stand in the line, if we stand in the line together and y'all scared and trembling because you don't want to die and you don't know if you should take the mark of the beast or not. I'm going to say, don't take the mark of the beast. And matter of fact, let me go to the front of the line. I, I'll happily give my life for Jesus Christ. He did it for us. Why wouldn't I do that for him? You know what I mean? I'm already being gang stalked by the CIA. That's been happening since Busy Bones... Foster brother Adrian Parlett got killed, which I happen to think the police were behind that, you know, I, you know, it's deep, yo, it's deep. And uh, it's so deep to where, like at the time all that happened and everybody, you know, it was just a lot of trickery and a lot of stuff going on. One thing that doesn't matter here in the physical realm is the lies that I hear because I'm connected with God and the Holy Spirit and I get the truth straight from the source. You see what I'm saying? I, I knew Busy Bone you that I knew Busy Bone created a fake AOL account under the this the the alias Sylvie Cobalt. He assumed the female identity online and acted like she that he or that Sylvie Cobalt was a, a manager in Europe. And that's when she was asking me, would you ever do any homosexual stuff? I was like, hell no, never. I love women. Like, you know, I'm married. You know, I live with my wife. I'll never do that. But see, I didn't understand that these were the things that were part of the Illuminati, were part of the, the, the hip hop industry. It was part of becoming a celebrity, you know, because I kept asking busy. I kept asking busy. You know, what does Seven Sign got to do to get on? What do they got to do to get on? Because it was they were stagnant. Nobody was going nowhere in that group. You know what I'm saying? And, and he even said that Prince Rasu's album was coming out next. Capo Confucius' album was supposed to be coming out, which was Adrian Parlett. And Rick Robinson told me, oh, when we was on tour, when I, I walked into their hotel room and Busy and, and Adrian or Brian... McCain and Adrian Parlett were under the sheets together in their underwear. 
He said, I walked in a hotel room and they was both in the same bed under the sheets together in their underwear. So that was pretty shocking news to me to find out that Capo was a homosexual or possibly could have been. I mean, why else would you be under the, the sheets in your underwear with another man, you know? And his album was supposed to be coming out, you know? Like, he was really doing whatever he had to do for real to get to that next level. But how confusing that must have been for him. You know what I mean? Plus, I mean, it's a secret society, you know. So all that stuff goes into it. Because whatever they can do that's opposite of what God created us for, like God created man for woman. That's why you see women with women now and men with men now. You know, and yet they're, they're doing things. Like these alleged alien abductions, those aren't aliens, those are demonic fallen angels. And yeah, we've, we've been deprived of the technology that is ours. You know, they got control of it. And, uh, it's, it's amazing technology. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why you see UFOs and flying saucers and, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's deep, yo. It's so deep. The rabbit hole is so deep. But yeah, it gets, it gets, that's why I say you got to study adrenochrome. You know how they extract the um, the the juice from the pituitary gland or whatever that is. You can study it. You know what I'm saying. But the whole thing is to to get the victim uh, scared to death to where they emit this chemical and then they extract. They take the adrenal. Uh, they take the um, the adrenochrome out of the pituitary gland or out of the adrenal gland or whatever it is in the brain, and they eat it. You know, and it's and I think it also gives them like immortality or it, it restores their youth or something. You know what I mean? Is the information is out there. You know what I'm saying? Either way, they sick, they disgusting. Um, the, you know, you can get these weird disease, like these weird laugh, like a weird laughing type of disease from eating humans. And they got Hillary Clinton on tape laughing like really weird and, and having jittery movement and stuff. When you study these other in in and indigenous tribes and stuff that are cannibals like in different parts of the world like jungles in the amazon or you know like third world countries and stuff like it's just deep y'all all i do is research like every day all day long i research while people are watching soap operas and tv i that's I, that's does not i don't do it i never have you know, I remember when I was married, my, my wife would be upstairs watching all that crap and I'd be downstairs on the computer learning, writing down notes, taking notes, studying, researching. You know, I've been working for God for a long time because I've been doing this research. Even before there was an Internet, I was going to the library, getting books, reading books and, and taking notes. And this was when I was in like seventh, eighth grade, like nothing in school interests me. But I caught the school line. Like I remember they wanted to turn in all of our old history books. So they can give us the new history books and they wouldn't give us a new history book until we gave them the old history book. And even though I had the old history book, I lied and said I didn't have it. So finally, they ended up giving me the new one because I had to proceed with my classes and I started comparing them. And the stuff that it was in the old history book was changed in the new history book. And it was big stuff like who won the war. You know what I mean? It was shit like that. Excuse me for cussing. But yeah, teachers, man, they just... They all follow in a program. They just want, they want students to memorize it and regurgitate it back the way it was given to them. That, that really ain't learning. That really ain't truth. You know how many people actually believe that the sun is really far away and that the earth is like a globe floating in space? That's not the truth. 
If that was the truth, why would you see clouds behind the sun? How in the world can you see clouds behind the sun if the sun is millions of miles away? And then like six million, six, 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 something to be exact. Like all the, you just got to break it down, man. It's common sense, you know, but in the book of Enoch, he tell you the truth. He tell you the circuit, the, the, it's like a 28 year or 24 year cycle that the sun is on. You know what I mean? And, and it, it reset, the cycle resets to its original position every 24, 28 years, something like that, you know? And they were saying how there's phoenixes around the sun that keep the heat around it and stuff. I mean, it's just deep stuff, but God pulled Enoch up and, and, and showed him all this. And Enoch had to write all this. Enoch wrote like 366 books in like 30 days with no sleep. So that's really like 60 days because he didn't get to sleep. And the angel had to give him a, a fast pen to write it all down. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, I know a lot of this might sound crazy or whatever, but the crazy part is just believing stuff without doing your own research. You know? How many police officers am I going to see drive by my house, man? Jesus. If it ain't the helicopters, it's, it's, it's the foot soldiers, you know? They don't like that I stick these stickers up everywhere. I'm just like, uh, I radiate and emanate truth or emanate truth everywhere I go since I was young. And people hate it. I don't care. But yeah, I was just looking at my life today, you know, and I'm like, damn, man, I, I haven't really, really received that validation, love and acceptance here ever, you know? And even when I try to communicate with God, I mean, I do my best, but it's not like Jesus pops up in, in the physical form and kick it with me. And uh, that don't happen. I have seen Jesus, though, uh, twice. Actually, three times. One time waking. One time when I was awake, I seen him. And uh, my heart dropped. He's tall. And he was wearing a white robe. If that's what... Uh that's when I was uh doing the video conference with Claire and Ezekiel from Still Small Voice YouTube channel, which is down now. So you have to go to heartdwellers.org to keep up with her. And all of her videos are on Vimeo now instead of YouTube because YouTube's been cracking down on the, the truth of community. Um, actually, it probably would have been all, all the way shut down, but I'm sure God's not allowing them to do it for some, some uh, reason. Obviously, he's trying to wake everybody up. But from the stuff that I have been studying, like even if you don't make the first rapture, um, when the darkness comes or whatever, there's like another, oh my God, a third paddy wagon. What is y'all problem tonight? Seriously. These guys. Not that I care. You know what I'm saying? Like I've always been a person that's, that's, that's ready for death. For real. Dead serious. You want to kill me? Please do it. You doing me a favor. That's the truth. But, um, nah, ideally, I mean, nobody wants to suffer and go through all that, you know? Um, but yeah, like I said, um, when they said that darkness come, you want to stay inside. You don't want to have the windows open because it's not going to be the type of darkness you think it's going to be like a physical darkness, like a smudge or some type of stuff. And it can seep into your windows and doors and all that. And you're not supposed to open it for anybody. You're just supposed to stay in prayer because uh, 
the fallen angels, they could shape shift and turn into people that um, loved ones that pass away. They could, they can shape shift into people that, you know, and I know it sounds crazy, but uh, do your research. And, uh, you know, there's water is going to be the new currency. Money's not going to mean nothing. It's going to be water. Water is the new currency. So if you live in a sin and you think you probably won't make the rapture, then I start stocking up on some water right now. Whatever you want to do, whatever you do, you don't go to the FEMA camps and um, you resist the mark of the beast when the United Nations military police are at your door. Because the Pope is definitely the false prophet. And if you really believe that the Pope can forgive your sins when he's fondling little boys nutsacks, you sadly mistaken because the guy he served is not the God I serve. The guy he served is Satan. And it's so evident. I mean, the dude's creepy. You can look at his seat. His seat's got like a reptilian. I don't know, man. It's just, it's some creepy stuff going on with that. It's hard to tell Catholics is. Like, I met a Catholic dude today. He was like, I pray to St. Michael. And I'm like, bro, that's bullshit. Pray to Jesus. Yeah, but we're, I'm like, I don't care what you are. Pete, look, people aren't doing enough research. People, you know, more is required. That's what I'm going to title this podcast. More is required. You can't be lazy and just keep floating by in life. Just, just trusting everything. You know what I'm saying? Do you, if, if, if you go to a fast food drive through and the chick on the intercom or the guy on the intercom is getting snippety with you, he's snapping at you. He got an attitude like, nah, I'm not going to put no salt in your fries. And you like, motherfucker, you better have my food right when I get to the window. Excuse me for cussing. But when you get to the window, you think your food is not going to be spit on that he ain't going to he ain't wiped it on his butt or he ain't do something nasty with your food before he gave it to you. You don't trust that, right? You're going to keep driving because you already know they, by the type of person that you dealing with, you know the food's not going to be good. Let me give you an example. I went to this Tim Hortons in Lewis Center right there off 23 in Polaris Parkway. I think that's what the street is. It's like right by the um, Bob Evans or whatever. And that Tim Hortons, I go there, I'm like, I'm a vegetarian. I want to get the two, the two breakfast sandwiches without sausage on it the the i didn't even know i was talking to the manager he's like sorry we don't do that and i'm like you don't do what he's like we don't do vegetarian he's like if you don't want the meat on it you got to take the meat off of the sandwich yourself and i'm like let me speak to your manager and he's like i am the manager and i'm like so as a manager you're telling me that you are willingly going to contribute to food waste you're going to make sure that you put the meat on a sandwich that I don't want no meat on. So you're going to waste money in inventory. And I'm requesting that. I. He was like, I'm not. I'm, he's like, you get the sandwich how you get it. He's like, if you don't want the meat on it, you take the meat off it. I'm like, I am a vegetarian. I don't want that flesh touching my food. I don't want it touching my food. He said, too bad. You get it how I give it to you. So i like, man, I got so mad. I want to go in there and put hands on them. But I'm trying to walk the Christian walk, which is so, so hard. You know what I'm saying? It's so difficult, especially when you hot headed like me. You know, I remember someone pulled a gun on me at, at UDF, Courtney Madison 
Independence Village. You know, and this is where someone got smoked in that UDF. Brains and bloods was all over the floor in that same UDF. He pointed a gun on me. He on camera. I'm on a payphone. So that you know, that's how you know it was a while ago. I was on a payphone. He pointed the gun in my face in front of the store. Why there's cameras? And he don't care, right? I said, shoot me then. Shoot me. Shoot me. Do it. He didn't do it. I'm still talking. You see me? So, I don't know. Obviously, God got his hand on my life because I'm sure there's a lot of people that really want to take me out the game. A lot of people want to murk me, hurt me. And, uh, you know, I'm still I'm still breathing. And I'm, not, I'm, and I'm talking like, you know, serious people, people that that been about that business, whether it's the police, whether it's gangsters, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But I'm going to get off here because it's late and this is my journal. This is my online diary, you know, but yeah, get on YouTube. Look, I'm going to leave you with this. You are what you consume and you only have yourself to blame at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's on you. Nobody's going to hold your hand. Nobody's going to help you. You know what I'm saying? Only person going to help you is Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. And your angels. You know what I'm saying? The angels that are assigned to you. You know? And you got one angel that is like an account angel. They're writing everything you do. They write it all down. What you're thinking, all that. It's being documented. And when you go to bed at night, that angel goes and turns turns in his data collection of you for that day. And then your other angel comes down and watches you while you sleep. Because it's that serious. Them demons come out at night. You know what I mean? They 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 highly active around 2, 3 in the morning. You know what I'm saying? So, God is a good God. And the times that we don't feel that way is because we're under attack. We're under demonic attack, you know. And if you're saved, you can't be possessed. But um, if uh, you're not saved, you can be possessed. But if, if you are saved, you can only be oppressed. And I, I actually I actually was possessed before, you know. Uh, when I was in North Carolina, I got possessed. I smoked some sherm. And Busy used to smoke a lot of sherm, too. You know what I'm saying? But basically, that's formaldehyde. That green embalmer fluid they put in dead people. Yeah. Um, I smoked a blunt that was dipped in it, you know what I'm saying? And, um, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. The reason I don't know what happened was because the demon came in and the demon was in my body. And when the demon was in my body, I had no idea what was going on because I wasn't driving the body. I wasn't driving the vehicle. The demon was. And all I know is um, I seen the dude walking. He had a blunt in his ear. I held up a like a 12 pack of Corona. I was like, hey, I'll drink if you smoke. He's like, come on down. So I went down. He's like, man, you in luck. He's like, I got two strippers coming over right now. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't know what happened. All I know is next thing I remember, I was jumping on a bed in, the, in my hotel room. And my friend was yelling at me. The only reason he got... He he got my attention because he said my name. It was my dude Jamie Johnson. He dead now. He got smacked by a semi truck. He fell off a bridge and got hit by a semi truck. I heard there was more to the story. I heard that uh, my other homie Aaron 
uh, got in a fight with him and pushed him over the bridge or knocked him out over the bridge and then he got ran over by the semi-truck. I don't know. This was what Aaron's uh, chick was telling me. And um, I don't know. Man. Who knows? I don't know. Sometimes people just make stuff up. You know what I mean? But I don't, I really don't know. Maybe that was part of the story. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe, you know, I hear all kinds of crazy stuff. You know what I mean? But I see the thing is, man, like I see these people in life. Like I remember when I first met Jamie Johnson, he was a great dude. But the people change. Like once once you're in the world, you start becoming corrupted. You become demonized. You know what I mean? Like you're not you no more. You've been converted. That happened to me. You know what I mean? I was supposed to be in jail for murder at the age of 18, you know? And, uh, thankfully, because my friend had a, had a near death experience and he told me, like, yeah, man, the angel gave me a prophecy on you said that you're going to jail for murder at the age of 18 or by the age of 18. And when I was right that, right around that age, I had a police issue Glock 40 in my hand, 15 round clip of hollow tips. Cocked it, had it aimed at, at this construction worker. I was about to light him up. And the police pulled up right right to the next to me. They seen me with it. I still tried to squeeze the trigger. It wouldn't go. So that was some divine something. You know what I mean? Because I was trying to plug dude. And um, because I couldn't pop him or whatever. And I, I felt like I don't got much time because the police right there. And he, all, as soon as he seen me, he's like, eh, 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 Roger, Roger, you know, he's on his walkie talkie or whatever call for backup. So I'm like, man, I ain't got no time for this. And uh, the thing that made me so mad was this dude was was beating us up. He, he was beating my friends up and I was trying to stick up for my friends. And um, these dudes was like 30, 40 year old grown ass men. And we was like. 17, 16, 17, 18 year old kids. You know what I'm saying? So what you expect, you know? We was little kids. They was grown and they was construction workers. So what like they was some hoes. And uh, I was just trying to defend my friends. So I was going to plug dude. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you want to come beat up some kids? Let me fill you with something real quick. You know what I mean? But God stopped it. You know, thankfully, I mean, you know, I'm, I take them now because I was spent 30 years locked up, you know. But, yeah, i always been on the line, man. always been on the edge. always been close, you know. And the first cop I robbed, because that, that gun I had came from a cop that I had robbed, uh, Bill Popovich. Or he was in the police academy or something, so I don't know if he was actually a cop. But I did rob another cop. I don't know his name. I know Becky, his daughter, because my dude James was messing with her. And when he was messing with her, I went in her dad's room and I, I stole, um, he had like a 44 Magnum, I think, and a bulletproof vest. And I got him for that. And he knew I did it. And they was like, if you don't return it, we're going to have a whole police force on you. I was a kid. I probably could have got away with it for real, for real. Cause I mean, I could have dipped, you know what I mean? I could have went to Florida, could have went a couple different places probably and, you know, and been Gucci, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, now that I look back at it, it's crazy. It's a crazy, it was a crazy life. And sometimes I want to write a book about it. I actually did write a book and they was going to publish it, but they didn't, they wanted me to change the names of the people that was in the book because they didn't want to, uh, the publishing company didn't want to get, have a lawsuit against them. 
So I'm like, well, what's the point of writing my life story if I can't keep it 100? You know what I'm saying? But, uh, so I shelved it. But I know I got it somewhere. I guess I could pull it out and redo it. But why? I mean, I got this podcast that I'm doing now. So at least I'm leaving a little bit of something for when I'm gone. A little le- left for the left behind, you know? But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what's finna happen, but I know something gonna happen. I could feel it. I think the animals could feel it. I feel like it's any day now. Um, I believe in the pre-trib rapture. I believe in the mid-trib rapture and the post-trib rapture. So tell me I'm crazy. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? But I think God's a good God, and I don't think he's just gonna, you know, it's... A lot of, if you pay attention to it, I mean, a lot of that stuff don't make sense unless you believe in, 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 in the three. You know what I'm saying? Like the pre-trib, he pull up all the kids and, and then the darkness and the evil come down. You know what I'm saying? And then if you survive through that, then, um, the second coming and, um, and then after the second coming, when, um, Satan is a, a underground for like a thousand years or whatever. I don't know, man. I don't really know. I can't even tell you. I haven't even. I I listen to a lot of videos. Everybody got different type of things, but just from all these pastors, what they talking, it sound good. But nobody believed Noah that it was going to rain. I'm like, no, it ain't raining. Come come party this weekend, man. Let's go have an orgy with all these women. Nah, man, I'm, I'm going to build this boat. Yeah, I'm going to build this boat. Like, no, you can build that boat for like 50 years, man. It ain't going to rain. What is you talking about? And nah, nah, I'm, I'm going to build this boat. You know, God said he's he going to send a flood. I'm, I'm going to be ready. You know, I'm not. So, you know, a lot of people out here screaming the pre-trib rapture. Um, that's how I look at it. You know what I mean? Because it's about faith. And better safe than sorry is how I look at it. Better safe than sorry, you know what I mean? And what's what's the harm in, in, in being obedient to Christ? He lived a sinless life. What's the harm in, in being nice to people who are mean to you? You know what I'm saying? What's the harm in, in praying for all your brothers and sisters here? You know what I'm saying? So the way I look at it, I'm going to just, <laughs> who, who do I got? I've been on my own since I was 15. I don't got nobody, yo. I got God. That's it. That's all who ever been there for me is Jesus. I don't got no rich uncles and, and aunts. and I ain't got nobody that will ever send me any type of bread. Nobody. I don't know one person except my friend. I got one friend that I could call for some money and he'll say, yeah, if he got it. One person. And I just met him two years ago. I just met him like two years ago, yo. So, um, and he a good dude, you know what I'm saying? He a good dude. He actually was on this podcast with me. So, if you fish through it, but um, I'm done, y'all. I'm done. I get at you when I get at you. Stay close to Jesus. Peace. <laughs>